Chapter Sixteen of Geographical Reader, Europe by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Chapter Sixteen in the Dutch Cities: Amsterdam, Rotterdam, and The Hague. About one third of the people of Holland live in towns. There are thirty towns of more than twenty thousand inhabitants and several large cities. Amsterdam, the largest city is as big as baltimore rotterdam which is the chief seaport is as big as buffalo and the hague the capital of holland is about the size of indianapolis amsterdam and rotterdam have ship canals connecting them with the ocean so that big vessels come into the cities to load and unload almost all the dutch towns are cut up by canals and in some the waterways are so many that they largely take the place of streets boats containing all kinds of goods being dragged through them the city canals are walled with stone and the ways along their banks smoothly paved in some places the houses are built close to the canals so that the children can easily lean out of the windows and drop their fishing lines into the water or in the winter when everything is frozen can put on their skates inside the house and slide off to school in both city and country a large part of the winter travel and traffic of holland is on the ice of the canals the dutch cities have fine buildings they have beautiful palaces large stores and banks free libraries and museums schools of all kinds concert halls and theatres public gardens and parks the people dwell in large houses several families often living in the same house let us take a stroll through amsterdam and see for ourselves how a dutch city looks we start at the dam the chief public square this is one of the great business centers here are the stock exchange the king's palace and many fine stores and hotels we climb up the steps inside the palace tower and when we come out at the top we are high above the biggest city of the netherlands look at the vast expanse of red tiled roofs below us they are ridge-shaped and out of their sides little dormer windows faced with white curtains protrude see the broad canals running in all directions through the red field there are almost as many canals here as in venice they divide the city up into islands and three hundred bridges are required to connect the islands with one another notice the ships moving along through the streets in the wider canals the masts are above the roofs of the houses isn't it strange now look beyond the red field of houses see that great silver sheet out there upon which the sun dances that is the wide zyder zee and that canal going through it bearing a stately line of ships is amsterdam's chief highway to the ocean now look down at the docks in the city this is one of the great shipping nations of europe there are vessels from java sumatra and almost every other port of the world amsterdam has been a noted port for centuries and although rotterdam has now the more shipping amsterdam is still one of the chief coffee and spice markets the dutch have many colonies in the east and west indies and their great steamers are always carrying goods to the colonies and bringing sugar coffee and spices and other things home the dutch own more than sixty times as much land outside holland as in the whole of holland itself now turn your eyes again from the water to the land see the green fields beyond the red city striped with silvery canals those white spots on the landscape are cattle 
and the little round towers each flinging its arms about in circular motion as though it were practising some new exercise with indian clubs are windmills what a lot of towns and villages there are scattered over the country those white cottages are the homes of the farmers let us climb down and take a walk through the streets how tall the houses are and how sharp their peaked roofs most of them are of five and six stories many lean far from the perpendicular as though about to topple over into the canals or to fall on the shoulders of their neighbors across the way there is a new house just going up and farther on foundations are being laid let us stop and see how they are working the men are driving great piles down into the earth the land beneath amsterdam is as soft as a swamp and these streets and all the houses and buildings about us are standing on the tops of trees driven down into the ground this made erasmus a noted scholar of rotterdam say that the people of amsterdam live like birds in the treetops sometimes the piles settle unevenly causing the buildings to lean they seldom fall down however so we may walk on and feel perfectly safe nevertheless we must be careful at the bridges for many of them are moved about now and then to let the boats through and a stray step might drop us into the water take another look at the houses see how clean they are and how neat observe those little mirrors set at right angles with the walls just outside each window can it be that the people lean out for fresh air while making their toilets no those mirrors are to let the owners learn what is going on in the street without looking out they are so arranged that a woman can knit away in her chair and see all who pass by she can see her callers before they ring the doorbell and can watch her children coming home from school when they are still blocks away let us enter one of the stores the prices marked on the goods are in dutch and it takes some time for us to tell just what things cost the dutch money is in guldens or florins and cents a gulden is a silver coin a little larger than our twenty-five cent piece it is worth one hundred dutch cents or forty cents of our money there are half guldens quarter guldens tenth guldens and twentieth guldens each of which has its own name the quarter gulden is called a kortje the tenth a dubbeltje and the twentieth a stoiver the last being worth about two cents of our money there are copper cents and half cents each worth respectively two-fifths and one-fifth of an american cent there is also a silver coin the two and one-half gulden piece the size of our dollar and there are gold pieces worth ten guldens or four dollars in our money we spend a ten gulden piece in making purchases and in change for our gold are given a handful of corches dubbeltjes and stoivers and also a good lot of dutch cents it really seems that we have more money now than when we came in and we generously reward the first beggar we meet with ten copper coins which are worth not more than two cents fortunately our merchant speaks english and we have no trouble in making ourselves understood we find the dutch language difficult to pronounce and make our way about by signs when our guides are not with us the dutch is one of the teutonic tongues being somewhat like a mixture of german and english leaving the stores we visit the factories the netherlands have no coal fields of value and hence there are fewer factories here than in france belgium or england 
still the cities can get cheap coal from abroad for they are situated close to the sea and besides the wind aids the steam in running their mills the dutch import quantities of raw silk and wool and a great deal of our cotton and they make excellent cloth of all kinds they are noted for their manufactures of china and of many kinds of machinery as well as for their gin a spirituous liquor there is one thing that requires great skill which the dutch do better than any other people i wonder if you can guess what it is you need not look in holland for the reason for this business has nothing to do with anything raised here it is connected with mines is it composed of gold iron silver copper or zinc no although they may furnish tools to aid in the work it has to do with the diamond the costliest precious stone upon earth amsterdam is the chief place of the whole world for polishing and dressing diamonds so that they will shine most beautifully and be of the most value as the diamonds come from the mines they are rough and misshapen and often have flaws which lessen their brilliancy in fourteen fifty six a belgian jeweller named burgum discovered that rubbing one diamond over another wore off a little of each and that if he took the powder made by the rubbing he could use it to smooth diamonds the diamond you know is the hardest of stones it is so hard that only a diamond will cut it and only diamond dust can be used in polishing diamonds after burgum made this discovery jewelers began to study how to make diamonds more beautiful the dutch engaged in the business and with their wonderful patience and skill became so proficient that they now polish diamonds better than any one else they know just how to split them so as to remove the flaws and how to grind them into prismatic shapes so that they will blaze under the light like balls of fire there are more than sixty factories for dressing diamonds in amsterdam and some of them employ hundreds of hands including many women and girls we enter one of the diamond cutting establishments and are first shown how diamonds are split this is done to remove the flaws they can be split at the flaws and by using one sharp diamond cemented into a handle as a knife a rough diamond can be split up into pieces each of which is pure or without flaws the work is carefully done for a wrong stroke might easily destroy a stone worth thousands of dollars the next operation is cutting the pure diamond into shape this is done by rubbing it with diamonds which have been cemented into handles and by pressing it on a revolving plate upon which diamond dust mixed with oil has been spread the plate moved by steam makes about fifteen hundred revolutions a minute and the little grains of diamond dust gradually wear off the roughness from the diamond till it assumes the prismatic forms which it has when it is set into jewelry notice how carefully the polishers work and how they save every grain of the dust the rubbing and polishing is all done over metal boxes into which the dust falls every bit of it is saved to polish other diamonds or it may be is spread upon a steel wire to make diamond saws which will gradually cut their way through these hardest of stones many of the diamond workers are quite poor we observe that they are dressed in rough clothes and that some look pale and wan it is said to think that although they are always working upon stones worth hundreds of dollars they really receive smaller wages than our workers in iron 
the grinding is confining and it is trying to the eyes for some of the diamonds are so small that it takes eight hundred of them to weigh a carat the larger diamonds are set for jewelry but the smaller and imperfect ones are used in the arts many are bought by glaziers to cut glass some are made into tools for splitting and polishing hard stones and for boring engraving and the like leaving the diamond factory we take the cars for delft where a famous china decorated in delicate blue with paintings of windmills ships canals and other dutch scenes is made the trip is a short one and we are soon walking through one large room after another where dutch boys and men are moulding the clay and with lathes are turning it into dishes and ornamental figures we watch the men take their work to the ovens where it is kept under an intense fire for thirty hours and then taken out to be painted after this it is dipped into a bath of white glaze and then fired again so that the pictures are actually burned into the china from delft we make a quick railroad journey to the hague the capital of holland it is a beautiful city of over two hundred thousand people situated three miles from the shore of the north sea and thirty-two miles from amsterdam we spend a day strolling about through its wide streets they are paved with brick and lined with shade trees with seats under them there are many canals and great vat-like ponds here and there in the heart of the city we visit the museum and the picture galleries and afterwards go to the palace of the queen and spend some time in the houses of parliament the dutch government is a limited monarchy it has a queen and a congress called the states-general the latter is elected by the people so that in reality the dutch are almost as free as we are leaving the hague we go by tramway to holland's most fashionable watering-place situated about three miles away on the shores of the north sea we ride to it through a forest park where the trees stand so close to the sides of the railroad that their branches meet overhead we seem to be riding through a long high arbor of green our heads almost touching the leaves as we go we each pay a double chief for a seat on the top of the car there are ladies and gentlemen riding along on both sides of the roadway and there are so many people on fine horses that we are reminded of the gay throng we saw in rotten row in hyde park london at last we arrive at the watering-place it is called skaveningham the name of a fishing village nearby as we get down from the car we see a group of queerly clad fishwives walking along in wooden clogs bending half over as they carry great baskets of fish on their backs to the hague passing these we go to the beach the tide is coming in and the waves of the blue north sea are rolling over one another making great lines of foam as they dash upon the sand how different the scenes are from those of our seashore at atlantic city cape may or long branch there are large hotels some distance back from the water but the beach is covered with what look like giant bonnets or hoods they are great wicker chairs so made that the people sitting within them are protected from the wind and sun provided they turn their chairs the right way there are hundreds of such hoods on the beach and at first we wonder whether they are not some kind of sea monsters sunning themselves on the sands and if they will not soon get up and walk off see the dutch children playing about they are enjoying themselves just as we do at the seashore 
some are digging out forts or building castles waiting for the tide to wash them away some are burying their playmates in the sand and some are riding over the beach upon donkeys we hire donkeys ourselves and race along with them paying only one quarchi or about ten cents of our money for a ride of an hour after a gallop we hire suits and refresh ourselves with a salt-water bath in the north sea we do not wade out from the shore as at home but hire little bath-houses on wheels as we enter men push and pull them far out into the water there we undress put on our bathing suits crawl down the steps and plunge into the surf when we have finished our swim we climb back into our little cab houses put on our clothes and then are pulled back to the shore end of chapter sixteen